This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Tascan, the first name in premium quality travel gear with slim, stylish gear like the Tascan Edge professional laptop backpack for business and travel. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use promo code RNR take 30 at TaskanSF.com. Next up on an all-new Rick and Rick. Marvel's New Mutants finally hits movie theaters in the middle of a pandemic. Burger King hijacks donations to Twitch streamers for fun and profit. Did Facebook just faceplant the future of Oculus? The five favorite car brands for millennials, Gen Xers, and boomers. Plus, who'd win a fight between John Wick and Neo, a supersized edition of Loaded Questions, and a whole lot more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody drives a rick shift. And everybody rules the world. Hello, welcome one and welcome all to a brand new episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson and I am joined as always by my good friend, Engelbert Humperdinck. No, I mean, Rick Wooten. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, you know, other than trying to live through not only a pandemic, but the fact that the, all of California seems to be on fire. Yes, knock on wood. It has been a WTF week. Pandemic, record heat, but highest temperature ever in California, 130 degrees in Death Valley. Devastating fires. And then add that to all the everything else, the social and political upheaval, dueling hurricanes. This has been like a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year, 2020. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been joking with my friends that my next purchase is going to be a boat and a whole bunch of screen material because I'm pretty sure the plague of locusts and the floods are coming next. Definitely. You know, maybe Nostradamus just was eight years off. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, our prayers obviously go out to fans and everyone else everywhere in the nation and around the world where uh, folks are just having a challenging 2020. Absolutely. Now, I do have a bit of good 2020 news here, Rick. While it's true that we weren't super consistent about posting new episodes, the early part of the pandemic with you know shelter in place, we kind of got a little uneven there. And it's true that we've only recently started to ramp things back up, but it looks like we may be on track to have more listens in 2020 than in 2018 and 2019 combined. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. In fact, almost two thirds of all of our listens have been within the last 12 months. So basically season three of Rick and Rick. And we owe that to all of our fans who are listening to us. Yeah. To all of you in, you know, in the US, Canada, the UK, the Netherlands, Germany, Ireland, India, Mexico, France, Japan, Brazil, Egypt, Australia, Spain, Portugal, South Korea, Argentina, South Africa, Vietnam, Greece, Switzerland, Belgium, New Zealand, Singapore, Hungary, Norway, and on and on and on. We hope you are getting as much enjoyment out of listening to Rick and Rick Roll the World as we do making it for you. So lots of thanks. And not only do we have a supersized edition of Loaded Questions this time, we have a supersized episode of Rick and Rick. So we may end up breaking this episode up into a couple parts so that folks will have plenty on their, in their podcast player from Rick and Rick. Yeah, you know, it's been kind of interesting. All of a sudden in the last week or so, it seems like there's a ton of things that are interesting to us and to our viewers right now. So I'm super excited to talk about them. First up, Marvel's new mutants. They are anything but new, but they are in fact in theaters as of Friday, August 28th. They started the movie in 2017 for an April 2018 release. Apparently they put it off the first year, that April 2018, so that it wouldn't compete with Deadpool 2, and then a year later, so it wouldn't compete with X-Men Dark Phoenix. So they decided to wait to compete with empty seats at the shuttered movie theaters throughout the land. (laughs) 
You know, I'm conflicted on this one. Uh, I think that the theaters have done a pretty good job, at least the ones I've been reading about, have done a pretty good job at making sure that we all have our personal space and that safety measures are in place and all that. So, I mean, they're doing what they can. And particularly these higher end ones with the luxury seating and stuff like that, they're, they're kind of already designed for this. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm also not not running out trying to find seats. I would much prefer that they do this direct to home and charge me 25 bucks or whatever they want to charge me to watch it uh, just just from home. Yeah, I, I do too. I am jealous of wherever these folks live that can go to the movie theaters easily. I so yeah. miss the movie theater. What's interesting or funny is I watched the trailer and it's a young cast, Maisie Williams. Arya Stark from Game of Thrones is in it, and you get a very clear sense that this movie is a couple years old because she looks so much younger. Right. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're bringing this out, that I'm a little fatigued with all of the existing characters and story arcs that they have, and it seems like they're kind of redoing the same things over and over again. So, you know, kind of taking it down a different direction, bringing in new characters and a fresh feel. Mutants are mutants, so, you know, clearly they're connected back to the X-Men. But, you know, the, 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 mute, the whole new mutant thing was pretty fascinating back in the comics when they brought it out. And they were, you know, basically bringing a whole fresh set of people and Professor X was effectively raising the next generation of the X-Men. So I'm glad they're doing it. I, I just, it's, it's a terrible time to bring it out, but it's not their fault. I mean, what can they do? Do they keep sitting on this movie for another two, three years? Right around the time Maisie Williams turns 30. <laughs> so help me out. I do remember the new mutants coming out. I just can't remember much about it. For some reason, I thought the X-Men were teenagers too, and that the Teen Titans was kind of DC's version of that. But were the X-Men just were they adults and this was sort of a younger teen group no i i think it's the uh the typical thing that we see with tv shows or movies or you know you get to a point where the characters that currently exist are really more related to the older generation and mm -hmm. so in comics they needed to bring out all new characters with an, that would kind of relate to an all-new generation in this case you know, the x-men had grown up they had gone out and gone their different ways and so they brought in this whole new set and they were you know like you know, teenagers, 13, 14, 15, there were young kids that were coming into the school and, and, and basically being trained on how to use their powers. And so, you know, it was to the point of, instead of just trying to save the world, they were just trying to figure out how to, how to cope with the changes in their body the changes in everything that was going on in their lives, you know, dealing with, you know, family issues or, you know, what have you, social issues that were relevant to the, the kids at the time. So it was, it was a way for Marvel, in my opinion, to kind of reset that platform and, and focus on something that would attract the younger kids. The irony is, I don't know that it worked. I, I think the older the generation that loved the comics forever latched onto it as well and, and went down that whole path and really enjoyed it. And so, uh, you know, again, bringing it out, I think is great. And it gives them the ability to like, you know, even today appeal to a younger generation. Now, one comic book company that is not doing as well as Marvel on so many levels is DC. So I don't know if you caught any of it, but DC held its own version of essentially Comic-Con at home, but it was dedicated to all things DC. It ran for 24 hours and it was considered a success for them. But we did get some great new teaser trailers to talk about, including the new Suicide Squad and 
Matt Reeves, the Batman. Yeah, I have to say it was kind of interesting. It was like an emo version of, uh, <laughs> you know, a young Batman and, right. uh, you know, including paint around the eyes and the whole thing. I, I actually, I, it, but that said, I, I think it actually played really well, surprisingly well. And so I'm, I'm a little jazzed about it. I, I'm, I'm eager to see it now. I am too. I think it looks really cool, but this is funny. So when I first saw the trailer, I started to think, why does Robert Acton is playing Bruce Wayne, Batman? And I thought he looks familiar. Then it hit me who he looks like. So Robert Paxton, as the Batman, is the twin to Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club. <laughs> That's great. They both have the same bat-crazy hair and the bat-crazy yeah. expressions on their face and the same bat mascara wiped all over their eyes. I'm thinking this looks really good from this. I think it, we're going to have the Riddler as a villain. I think Catwoman is in it. And my understanding is Penguin is in it as well. And Colin Farrell apparently is playing right. Penguin. And whatever they did, they, you would never know it was pretty good makeup, oh, no. whatever they did. Yeah, and in fact, all the, all the actors, everything is very gritty. I mean, that was one of the things that I, I kind of took away from it. I remember, you know, the first Batman movie came out and it was, I mean, it was dark, but it wasn't really that dark. It was, yeah, it was you know, yeah. something you'd expect at the time. Yeah. Then the Dark Knight came out. That was dark. Yeah. And, and in a way, this one is, is dark, but it's gritty, which is yeah. a little different. And uh, I'm kind of excited about it. I want to see what they do with it. I love that scene where he comes in and there's, I guess, sort of a cult of Joker or something. And someone goes up to hit him or something. And the way he beats the living hell out of the guy. And it's a great scene right there. Yeah. And the Batmobile, it's totally like a mid-1970s version of the Batmobile. I'm thinking Absolutely. it can be pretty good. Two fun facts. James Gordon, he is played by Jeffrey Wright. Bernard from Westworld, which I think Excellent. is a fan yes, fantastic casting there. I think he will be perfect. And uh, totally. just in a couple scenes that he's in this trailer, you can tell he's going to bring something fresh to the character. And then another fun fact that I read this week, I have not seen a lot about it, but apparently it is a real deal. Vanity Fair is out with a story that Ben Affleck has closed on a deal to once again play Batman. Not what? in a Batman movie. Yeah, not in a Batman movie. Apparently he's going to be part of the upcoming Flash movie. So there is word that Michael Keaton is going to be playing Batman in that. Ben Affleck oh. will be playing Batman in that. But oh. it is going to be a Flashpoint story uh, where yeah. the DC universe gets rebooted, essentially. You know, I, I hope they have fun with this. Uh, yeah. and, and specifically, I'm thinking of that Spider-Man movie we both like. Uh, yeah. What was that called? Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. You know, I, I mean, they could really have fun with this. They could have... You know, just like a, a variety of different types of, of Batman. You know, they can they can have them with you know different walks of life. You could have like you know a steampunk one. You could have like one that's in a suit and tie. You can, I mean, you could have so many different varieties, and they could just have a blast with this. 